This episode is free. You can get weekly episodes, smiley bonuses, and the whole back catalogue of Truly Madly Smiley when you buy a backstage pass today. Yours is waiting for you over at smileyforlife.com. Now, without further delay, let's crack on with today's free episode. Episode 66, Courage Chat 9, Keeping Your Body Safe. Hey! Hello, I'm Lisa. Welcome to Truly Madly Smiley, the popular podcast for busy wild hearts who are curious, creative, and on a mission to find their own kind of happy. Have we met before? I'm sometimes called the Smiley Coach. But really, I'm more of a smile-spreading, storytelling, magic-making, daydreaming, lifelong-learning, rain-loving, wise, sensitive, wild heart. Got that? And I want nothing more than to see you smile. You won't find happiness out there. It lives inside of you. So it's time. It's your time. Pop in your earbuds, place your hand on your heart, take a deep breath in and smile. Are you ready? That's it. Let's begin. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Courage Chat 9. Today, we've got a very special guest on the show. My friend Holly Ann is here to help us take care of our bodies. Now, this episode is a little bit special, so I've prepared a cheat sheet for you. If you go to the download section in your membership, I have made an activity sheet for you to work through while you're listening to this episode. There's lots to remember, but it's all very, very important because your safety is the most important thing. And I really care about that. I want you to listen carefully and I want you to fill in the sheet as you go. So while you're getting your sheet, I'm going to remind you that at the end of today's chat, you'll be one step closer to reaching your goal. This is how we do it. We can do hard things. Repeat after me. Yep, yep, yep. We can do hard things, Smiley. And how do we do it? Step by step. No rush, no pressure, no drama. The sky is not falling on our heads. How do we treat ourselves? With absolute kindness, just like we would treat a friend. And how do we keep moving forward? by making it fun. Have you got your sheet? Are you ready to go? Let's begin. Today I've got a special guest with me. It's a lady and she's come all the way from Australia to talk to us and her name is Holly Ann. Hello Holly Ann. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Oh no, it's great to think that I'm being heard by children all the way in the UK. I know, it's a long way, isn't it? I think it's about 24 hours on a plane to get from here to you. Yes, yeah. I've been over eight times and, yes, it's a very long way. <laughs> it is. I think I, I've made that journey twice and it, well, it's not a nice journey, is it? No, but Australia is a beautiful place. I don't know if anyone listening has been to Australia or maybe someone in Australia is listening to us because I know we've got listeners in America and Canada. We've got lots of listeners. So, Holly Ann's got a very similar job to me. 
So I would say that my job is to help you all feel like your best selves and be the happiest version of yourselves and feel safe and feel loved and feel confident. And Holly Ann's job is to help you take care of your bodies and make sure that you feel safe. And that if you don't feel safe, she's going to give us some tips and help us to know what to say if we feel unsafe and who we need to tell and what we need to do. So Holly Ann, tell us all the things that we need to know because it's very important. Well, I teach something called protective education and that's two big long words, but basically means kids learn to keep themselves safe. It is mums and dads' jobs to keep kids safe. But as you get older, you spend less time with your parents. So protective education is about um, keeping your, there's lots of different things that we do to keep our bodies safe. And one of the simple things that I teach children, if they don't feel safe, I teach them to use the thumb up for safe and the thumb down for unsafe. So if they're out somewhere and something's happening and they don't want to make a big deal of it, they can just simply go to their parent and just, you know, put their thumb down and the parent's going to know what, you know, what's going on without them, you know, maybe an uncle wants to kiss them and they don't want to kiss the uncle. They can just put their thumb down and the parent can say, oh, no, they don't want to kiss you today. So it's a simple thing, but I find when kids know it, they use it all the time. I love that. I want to use that. I want to use that. You'll find it really <laughs> useful. And another tip is the thumb in the middle, so um, it goes sideways. So if you're, and I teach kids this for confused. So if you're not sure if you're safe and it goes up, or if you're not sure if you're unsafe, it goes down. So confused is in the middle. And yeah, kids love it when I teach it to them. They, I find them using it all the time even with their friends in their, when they're playing. Yeah. So, like, if you're not sure, so you, you definitely know that you feel unsafe. So I'm going to chip in here and say, because we've talked about feeling unsafe, we get a funny feeling in our tummies. We listen to our tummies. Our tummies tell us whether we're safe or not, or maybe our heart beats faster or our breathing changes. We know, so we need to listen to our bodies. So thumbs thumbs down if that's the case. But then if we're having a nice time and we feel okay and everything's going okay, thumbs up. If we're a bit in the in the middle of that, then we're thumbs to the side. Excellent. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Um, and what you were talking about, when I'm talking to kids, those body signals that we get when we feel unsafe, we call them early warning signs. Okay. And all animals get early warning signs. And kids know that snails and turtles go into their shell and that squids yeah. squirt out ink and that skunks squirt out stinky, farty, smelly stuff. But right. These, these body signals that we get, are called early warning signs and it's really important that if you get these body signals that you go and tell a grown-up and so when I'm working with kids and and teaching them you know it's there are are lots of body signals so like you said your heart beats fast and things like that but they're only early warning signs so if you're running around and your heart's beating fast and you get sweaty because you're exercising that just means you're exercising but if you get goosebumps and you're shivering because you're cold, that just means you're cold. But if you get any of these early warning signs, and when I'm working with kids, I think I can get about, about 30 different early warning signs. Um, I've got a lovely poster that I'll actually I'll send you a, a picture of it. Um, Thank you. You know, it's your hands are sweaty. You might wet yourself or poo your pants if you're really, really scared. There's so many different early warning signs. Yeah. But when I talk about early warning signs with kids, 
you know, they, they really understand it. And we talk about, you know, all other different animals. So it's our fight, flight, freeze or faint response. So we talk about, you know, so a stick insect, if something's going to um, attack it, it freezes. And if a snake or a bee's scared, it will bite us or sting us. So that's the fight. A butterfly flies away and then a sloth, they pretend they're dead. So getting kids to to see how other animals show their early warning signs is, is really important. And at the end of the lesson, when I've talked about this, I teach the kids the difference between telling and dobbing. And when I'm talking, because right. we tell kids, oh, stop dobbing or stop snitching or grassing or, or whatever yeah. we use. But when I work with children, I say to the kids, do grown-ups always listen to kids? And every kid says no. And I think it's because mums get sick of, mum, mum, mum. And yeah. kids get sick of, miss, miss. But perhaps yeah. we haven't always listened. So I teach children that dobbing is telling on someone to get them into trouble, but telling is because we feel unsafe. Thumbs down, right. And so it's really clear for children and and then I'll give the children a test and say, if somebody's drawing on the table, would you need to tell the adult about that? Is that telling or dobbing? And all kids know that that's dobbing. Or if somebody's got chewing gum at school, do you have to tell the teacher? No, that's dobbing. But if somebody's yeah. hurting you, somebody's stealing your lunch money, or if another child was up on the roof, would you need to tell a grown-up about that? Yes, they're all telling yeah. because they're all unsafe. Yeah. So if we can get children to stop dobbing or snitching on each other and get adults right. to listen to children, perhaps that's a way of helping children to feel safe. So, holly that would be a really good idea. Wild Tots, if you're listening and you'd like me to do an episode on, because I think when we're dobbing, I think we feel powerless. And so we don't feel like we can stand up for ourselves. And we talk about that a lot, but maybe I need to do a whole episode on standing up for ourselves so that we don't always need to keep dobbing. And then we need to keep telling the grown-ups, listen to me, listen to me. And I always say to children, if you tell a grown-up and they don't believe you, find another grown-up to tell and keep telling the grown-ups and don't give up because you will find one like me or Holly Ann that will believe you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's about, and that, that leads on to my, my next lesson, when we talk to the children about having a safety team of five grown-ups that they can listen to. Okay. And we call it a safety team. So I would encourage the children to get a piece of paper and trace mm-hmm. around their hand. And then they have to tell, think if the worst thing ever happened, because we teach, we can talk to someone about anything. And it's not just the bad things. We want kids to talk about the good things too. But if the worst thing ever was happening to you, who could you talk to? Right. So how I teach it to children is once they've traced around their hand, I encourage them to have anybody from their home on their thumb. So if they want mum or they might want mum and dad and grandma if she lives with them, or maybe they've got a 23-year-old sister, she lives with them, they go on the thumb, and then they have two people from school. Now, they have to be grown-ups because kids can't stop bad things happening to other kids. That's not their job, is it? No. That's not their job. So they have to be, to be on a kid's network, they need to be adults. So I say to kids they need to be old enough to drive legally because sometimes I have kids say, my 14-year-old brother can drive. And I say, yeah, not legally. <laughs> and also I say that they have to be able to use the telephone. 
because some children either want to put the dog or God on their safety team. Okay. And they can go on their safety team, but not on one of the fingers. They would go on the palm of their hand. Lovely. Because if they believed in God, they might, you know, talk with God and tell him the problem, but then God would go with them to have to go and tell a grown-up because, you know, he can't stop whatever's happening and, and make kids feel safe. So we have two people from school because if they only have one teacher at school and that person was away that day, then they would have nobody. So two people from school and then on the last two fingers, are, from, are people from the community. So aunts and uncles, grandparents, next-door neighbours, people from church, uh, sports coaches, you probably. They're yeah. just any other adults that they have access to. Now, if they want to have Nan and Pop and Nan and Pop live in the same house, then Nan and Pop just take up one finger because okay. if you have Nan on one finger and Pop on another finger and they go on holiday, it's cut right down. Okay. So what we're trying to do is give children as wide a spread of different people from different parts of the community that will listen to them. Mm -hmm. On the palm is where their friends, pets, toys, God, brothers and sisters can go. They're not safety team people, but if if we were children and you were my best friend, I might tell you what's happening and then you can come with me to go and tell a grown-up. There you go. Or... I might have told all five people and nobody listened to me. You've got five people you trust. I can borrow your safety team. We can go and talk Brilliant. to someone you feel safe with. We got or, backup. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or I might tell you that my mum and dad are fighting and then, I, you know, I don't want to tell anybody. Then you might tell somebody on your safety team to keep me safe. Or, if, you know, if I said my mum and dad are fighting and I'm going to run away, then you would have to tell somebody on your safety team because if I got hurt, you would never forgive yourself. So, you know, later on when in this little chat, we'll talk about safe and unsafe secrets and that would be an unsafe secret. And we teach children that if you get your early warning signs about secrets, you need to tell somebody on your safety team. What about the children? Because I know I, I know that children have told me this and I might have felt like this as a child as well. What if as a child you can see that parents and adults are all very busy and stressed and you feel like you're bothering them? What what would you say to those children, Wally-Ann? Well, we teach kids you have five people, so you need to persist. And if they are busy at the time, say mum's peeling the potatoes and trying to get tea ready, that's not the best time to try and talk to her. But the other thing that I do is on the wrist, that's for emergencies. So teaching children to use triple nine, is it in the UK, the emergency? I think it is triple nine, yeah. But also um, the kids' kids line because that's a phone number that kids can ring for free. And here in in Australia it's called the Kids Helpline and Mm. it's 24 hours a day. So if kids wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning because they've had a nightmare, they could ring and talk to somebody at Childline and talk to them about it. So it would be really, I, I don't know enough about your one in the UK. I will, I'm saying I don't know to 999 because I've never had to dial it. Isn't that lovely that I'm 46 and I've never had to dial emergency services? But I, what I will do is I will research the numbers for the children and I will put them in the show notes so that they've got them. And that will be great for them to have for their, for that goes on their wrist for their emergency services. Great. Beautiful. 
So we have five, and if the first person doesn't listen, you tell the next one. So you have to persist. You have to keep telling until those early warning signs go away. Brilliant. And so, you know, they're really simple things, but it really helps children to know that they've got that safety team. And we use the hand because, you know, it's always with you and, you know, you can physically look at it and go, well, I told that person and they didn't listen. And then, okay, who's the next person? It's like a helping hand, isn't it? It's like a helping hand. Definitely. When it's school holidays, I always encourage kids because the teachers aren't there. So when I work with children in schools, before the school holidays, we, we look at the hand before the school holidays because you know, they might be going on a holiday program during the day or, you know, they might be going down to the beach to stay with family down in Brighton or something like that. So, you know, what, what relatives down there could you talk to if you didn't feel safe? Mm-hmm. So to, this this helping hand, the safety team needs to be, um, I encourage kids to look at it before every school holidays because they might have had somebody on there and they weren't a good person and they want to take them off. So yeah. it's not setting concrete. It can change. I really like what you said about when you tell someone the early warning signs start to go and everyone will always say, but you need to say how you feel. You need to talk about how you feel. And sometimes that can be really difficult and it can be a bit scary if you can be scared and brave, because remember, you can be scared and brave at the same time and you can use your powerful voice to say how you feel. You will find that you feel better. And that's a nice thing to do for yourself. You're taking care of yourself as well. I'm sure you've already talked to the kids about this, but one of the things that I do when I'm working with kids in a classroom is I'll invite a child to come up and stand next to me and I'll pretend to pull their hair. And I teach children to say, stop it. I don't like it when you pull my hair. It makes me feel, and use a feelings word. And I teach them to, I call it either the Wonder Woman or the Superman. So we stand with our feet apart, our hands on our hip, our shoulders back, our head up, and we say it assertively or strongly. And so with the whole class, we practice this over and over again Um, because sometimes kids just go, stop it, I don't like it, stop it, I don't like it, stop it, I don't like it. But they haven't said what the person actually did to them. And then it's it made me feel, not you made me feel because you want to talk to the kids about nobody can make you feel a certain way. They're your feelings, you own them. But whatever it was that they did, Um, made them feel a certain way. And one of the examples I use with the children is I would stare at them and they say, stop it. I don't like it when you stare at me. It makes me feel. And when I ask kids and even 12-year-olds, I say, how might you feel? Most kids say sad. Well, if I'm staring at you, you don't feel sad. You might be angry or annoyed or furious or frustrated. But it's to get children to use those important feelings words that I know that you will have done lots of episodes on because. Well, well, in my book, um, Stuck Between Two Worlds, Ruby goes to the wilderness and she meets all her friends and they learn body language tools and they learn, we call it the power pose. So yep. she learns how to do the power pose and they also learn how to muscle test the energy of like standing in different ways so they can see how their body, like you say, they're noticing how their body feels because when we, when we can be with our bodies and we can, because every one of us is going to feel something in a different way. So my early warning signs for the am will be different to yours. But when I know my inner world really well, then I will get better at keeping myself safe because I'll know what different things like you, like, you know, when you need to go for a week or, you know, when you need to go to the toilet, you, you get used to your own body, don't you? And going back to those body signals, it's, 
it's really important. So, you know, when we're hungry, our tummy rumbles and that sends a message to our brain, there you go. eat something. <laughs> or if you're shivering and got goosebumps, that sends a message right. to your brain. So our, it's like an alarm system and we need to Isn't listen it? to it. But sometimes even grown-ups go, oh, pfft, I'm being silly, I'm being whatever, but we need to listen to our body because when I'm talking with young people, I talk about sometimes their friends might want them to do something and they don't want to do it. But because they're friends, because of peer pressure, they might say, come on, you big chicken, we're going to do this. Listen to your body. Don't listen to your friends because yeah. they don't know how your body's feeling. But mm-hmm. sometimes we think, oh, I have to be cool. I want to be part of the group. Oh, I'm just going to go and do it. And then something bad happens. But honestly, our and all animals get these early warning signs and I really want the children to listen to them and if they get them to go and tell a grown-up. And a good a good friend, this is something I've even learned as a grown-up, a good friend might not like your no, I don't want to play, or they might not like it, but they still love you and they respect that that's not okay for you. But someone who's maybe not such a good friend would make a fuss about your no or make you feel bad for saying no. But you must always say no if that's how you, you must be honest about how you feel. And one of the things that I teach children is that there are, in fact, five no's. So there's a polite or a manners no. Um, So if somebody offers you something, you don't scream no at them, you just say it politely. And then there's a a playful no. So if somebody's tickling you or a dog's licking you, I say, oh, no, don't do that. Then there's an assertive no, and that's the no that you pull out your power pose or your Wonder Woman or something. Right. And so you say it strongly. Then there's an angry no, and it's okay to be angry because all feelings are okay. (laughs) But it's just the behaviour that, you know, so if you're angry, you're allowed to say no, but you're not allowed to hit someone because it's the behaviour that's the problem. The feeling is, you know, yours and you have to own that. And then the last one is an emergency no. And this is the no that you need. Say somebody was trying to drag you into a white van, you yell no as loud as you can so that everybody turns around and looks. And the rules are if you need to use your assertive no or your emergency no, then you need to tell somebody on your safety team. Defo, that's perfect. That that's a really good thing for the children to refer to if they're not sure about what to do. That's really good. I might type up a little cheat sheet for the children after we've done this, like just a one pager, so that they've got something to refer to. And maybe you want to laminate that and put it up in your houses until you've learnt it, so you can see it every day. One of the other things that I talk to the children about is their bodies, because it's body safety, and so we teach them that about public and private. Now, as we did with the thumb up and the thumb down, I also use sign language for this. So public, we get our two hands, palms down, flat in front of us, and we open it up into a a sort of a half a circle. So public means people around, and the sign for private is your hand in front of your mouth, and then you pretend you've got a key and you're locking your lips. So it's a flat hand and then turn the key. Because... Your mouth is a private part and sometimes what you say can be private. And so when I'm working with children and I've actually got that on YouTube so I can give you, send you the YouTube clip. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But it's really important that, so we talk about public and private rooms, 
in your home, so bedrooms, bathrooms and toilets are private rooms because we do private things in them. And then we would talk about things that we do with our body that's private, like burping and farting and nose picking and spitting and swearing. And, you know, I teach kids you don't swear at school because it's a public place. Right. Then we talk about clothing. So we I get the kids to brainstorm all the clothes that are private. And then we right. finally get on to body parts. Now, our private parts are those parts of our body that are covered by our bathers and include our mouth. So when I'm working with children in class, we go through and we brainstorm and I call them either home names or street names. We've got to get away from this being your rude parts because with rude come shame. Right, right. There's no shame. So I point to my nose and I say to the children, so what's this? And the kids say a nose. And then I point to my elbow and what's this, an elbow. And nobody giggles when we say those words. No. Why do we giggle when we talk about our private part? Because we're not used to it. So right. when I with kids, you know, I get the kids to say all the words they know. And I always start with boys and I say boys have four private parts. So, you know, for the front part on a boy, I'll get Willie and Cock and Doodle and Tallywhacker and <laughs> all of these. And I say that might be what you call it at home, but a doctor would call it a penis. The dictionary calls it a penis. And in English, it's a penis. Yeah, and, right. You know, it, uh, some classes are very multicultural. So if I have kids from other countries, I'll get them to tell me what it is in their language okay. and then point out that, you know, if somebody tried to touch your private part and you went to your teacher and said, they don't know that language. So this is why you need to know what a doctor would call it. Right. And so for boys, it's mouth, penis, testicles, and your bottom. And then right. we go on to girls' front private parts. Now, over the years, I've heard girls from private parts called a Lily, a Minnie, a Mickey, a Nelly, a Tweety, a Fru-Fru, a Frangipani, a Froggy. The latest thing kids here in Australia are calling it is a cookie. Really? Do you know what we used to call it in our house, Holly Angel? I tell you? Yeah, it's weird. It, it came from my nanny. My nanny used to call it a Doris. <laughs> have you wiped your Doris? That's what they used to say to us. Have you, or have you washed your Doris? See, but it's silly because actually that's a girl's name. Yeah, yeah. So if I said that to someone else, they wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about. No, not at all. Or if um, if somebody tried to touch you down there and, and you went and said to your teacher, you know, the boy next door tried to touch my cookie, they might go, well, don't be mean and share it around. <laughs> right, right. So it's that's why it's so important that we know the, the what a doctor would call it so there can't be... You know, no, we're not saying people are going to try and touch your private parts, but it's just a protective measure. So it's yeah. a mouth, breast, vagina, vulva, and so we do the inside and the outside. So the inside of a girl is called a vagina and the outside is a vulva and a bottom. Okay. And they're your special okay. parts and nobody should be touching those parts. You're no. not allowed to touch anybody else's private parts. No. So, there's just simple rules, but it's really important that everybody knows that. And also I talk to children a lot about consent. And consent means ask for permission. So if you've got a sore bottom and you go to the doctor, the doctor's not allowed to just pull down your pants and look at your bottom. They've got to get your consent. They need to ask you, not your parents, because it's not your parents' bottom. So it's really important that children know that they own their body and that nobody should be getting them to do anything that they don't want to. Um, no. When I was a little girl, 
I had an uncle who would take out his teeth and try and kiss me. Oh. Um, and he would get his whiskers and scrape my little face down his whiskers. And my family would make me do that because they they didn't want to upset my uncle. And yet I was a little five-year-old that was made to, you know, I was frightened of him. I had my early warning right. signs. So if people are trying to get young people to do things that without their consent, um, yeah. again, they would need to go and tell somebody on their safety team. Okay, that's really important. I can think. I'm just thinking if parents are listening now, I think growing up in the 80s, it was a bit of a thing that you had to say goodbye and hello to everyone. So I can remember my parents having people over on a Sunday for Sunday dinner and we'd be in our pyjamas and come down and say goodnight and we'd have to go around the whole table and kiss all these people goodbye. And I hated it, but I got, would get told, I'd, it would be rude. And it's like you said about your uncle, be offending the grown-ups if you didn't say goodbye nicely but we can there's other ways of saying goodbye isn't there we can wave or we can just say bye lower kiss lower kiss give yeah. a high five or a fist bump there's lots of ways of being respectful but still without disempowering children and, and we're in the business of of keeping kids safe and we want to kids to feel safe and if, if you know kissing somebody that gives them their early warning signs it won't make them feel safe so we want to just get kids to know that they're the boss of their bodies. We're not saying, mm. you know, that not to let the dentist look in their mouth because they might need a filling and things like that. You have to risk on purpose and, and let them do that. But so for what about other children? What about other children? Like if you've got a friend who's a bit handsy or a friend that gets up in your personal space or, you know, a friend that keeps smacking you on the bottom. Some children don't know about personal space. So, Yeah. No, you're right. Funnily enough, I was at a school yesterday and there was a girl who was nine who kept going up to the boys. She didn't know how to make friends, so she kept going up to the boys and saying, tickle me, tickle me, and the boys were feeling really uncomfortable about it and right. they were going to the teacher and complaining. And so it comes back to being able to say no but also to be able to hear no because, you know, if they, they thought if they said no to her, that she would get offended and be upset, and she she might have been, but it's it's not a rejection of her. It's just she might no. not be okay at that moment. They might be right. they might be playing a game, and she's trying to you know join in on the game, but she doesn't know how to join. Yeah. So it's not that you're being rejected. It's just not convenient, or it's not the right time. So no, and it's it's interesting interesting what you were saying about. She didn't know the right way to be included in the game or to use her words or to. And so this is why we're telling you how to use your nose. And when I do workshops, when I work with children, I do what Holly Ann does. But I will say, go home or practice with your mum and dad of putting your hand out and doing that really strong no. But if you can eyeball yourself in the mirror and see yourself do it and notice how strong that makes you feel in your body, it does take some practice. And if you haven't done it before, it might feel a little bit weird to start off with. Yeah. Wow. Um, and one of the last things we talk about is safe and unsafe secrets. I sort of touched on that earlier. But it's okay. really important that children understand that a safe secret is kept for a short time. But if somebody wants you to keep an unsafe secret, they want you to keep it for a lifetime, forever and ever. But you must never keep unsafe secrets. Unsafe secrets might give you those early warning signs. And I teach children that you never keep any secret about any kind of touching because somebody might yeah. start off just tickling you 
and then they might get lower and lower and try and touch your private parts. And if you don't know to say no and then go and tell someone or they say don't tell anyone, that's our secret, you know, that's an unsafe secret and you must always tell somebody on your safety team. Yeah, because you've already told that person, you've already told them how you feel and that you want them to stop. I was just thinking you don't you don't have to tell the person doing it that you're going to tell on them either if you don't want to. No, no. But we just don't keep always no. somebody on your safety team if, if anybody ever asks you to keep an unsafe secret. Yeah. Wow. So many good things. And um, Holly Ann has written five books for children. Um, they're storybooks and they talk about some of the things that we've talked about today. Is there anything else you want the children to know, Holly Ann, before we um, no, I finish? Think I think we've covered a lot in a short space of time. We um, have. I've actually got some very cool songs that I've made with children that are um, in remote Aboriginal communities. So when when we get off this, I'll also send you through that if you'd like to share that. So oh. we've got a song about consent, a song about your early warning signs, a song about your safety team. So I have a confidence playlist on Spotify for the kids that follow me. So I wonder if we could add your songs into the playlist and then all the children even if they don't listen to the podcast, we'll be able to hear them. How lovely is that? Because songs get stuck in your head, don't they? And then the words kind of stay with you. And that's great. That's Wait, so good. Songs, um, especially the consent song, you'll love it because it says yes means yes and no means no. No. It does feel good when you can say no like that to someone, doesn't yeah. it? Yes, it, it does feel powerful. Yeah. yeah. So... We'd like to thank you, Holly Ann, for coming and spending some time with us today and talking to us about something which is really, really important. And, you know, we're, we're all taking care of ourselves, but we're also look, looking out for each other as well. We're looking out for each other as well here. Um, and I will pop all those links into the show notes for the, for the kids. And, um, yeah, hopefully we could invite Holly Ann to come back and talk to us again if you found today fun because I've really I've learned a lot and I've really enjoyed talking to her I want the children if they learn anything to please share this with all their friends so please go to school or um you know talk to the neighbors kids and things like that because you've learned this now and we need everybody to know about keeping kids safe so share the information around yeah on on the podcast here we say spread the smiles for miles and miles like don't I'll keep the it. smiley secrets. Don't keep the smiley secrets to yourself once you know them, because everyone's looking for the secrets of happiness. Spread the smiles to most. I so love it's the that. Same. I love it. And so actually, much. I always think people get scared of talking about things which may be a bit tricky or a bit difficult, but you don't know that you might be really helping someone that's stuck by sharing something that you know like that. You don't know who's listening or what's going on inside that person's inside world. So it's really, really good to to talk and share always. All right. Thank you so much, Holly Ann. Well, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. If you like that episode, remember to tell all your friends. Spread the smiles for miles and miles. Don't keep the secrets to yourself. Bye.